course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. Listen to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast where it feels like you're chatting with friends. And I am one of your friends, Dave. I'm joined, as always, by our other friend, Ike. Ike, how are you? I'm doing pretty uh, superb. I'm doing superb today. Superb is good. Doesn't get much better than superb. That's right. Well, Ike, on today's episode, we're going to be reviewing Natty Knox, which is available on a limited theater run and video on demand. Uh, we'll be talking about that movie in a little bit. Before we dive into that, let's take care of some of the uh, usual things that we talk about. Uh, first off, special thanks to our wives, Monica and Kayla. Again, I say it every week. They're going to be on very soon. We know there are some people out there who like when the wives are on and it gets a little uh, <laughs> a little feisty. They, they like that. Uh, they're going to be on soon. We're, we're due for a wives rebuttal. They will be on very soon, I promise. Uh, so stand by for that. Ike, before we get into our usual uh, stuff every week, uh, what'd you, what have you been up to? Watch anything good this week? What what all's been going on? Yeah, for sure. So I've actually had a pretty, I mean, I guess relatively busy week weekend type deal. Um, I guess just to start from the top, uh, last Friday after we recorded, because, um, well, we record on Wednesdays, but the episode came out on Thursday. So on Friday, I went and saw the, terif- the Terrifier in theaters. So... Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Um, you know, here where I'm at in uh, Florida, we have two theaters. We have a uh, classic AMC classic, uh, and then we also have a uh, I don't know what they're called, just like a normal AMC. Um, but you can pick your seats at the like the normal AMC. The classic you can't. So we actually got there a little late. Um, not like after the movie late, but like ten minutes before. So like for us, we usually like to get there like twenty thirty minutes before. Um, and we were worried because it's like a one-time event. So I was like, oh man, this theater might be pretty full when we get in there. We got in there and we were the only people in there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the heck? Yeah. We went and saw it after last week after we recorded and there was just, there was just a few in ours. Um, but, but it did, it did pretty good. We'll talk about that in a little bit. It's in the news section. So we'll talk more about the terrifier showing, uh, here in a little bit. And we can, we can talk in our experiences tie, we tie into that, yeah. but, uh, but us, us aside, it's done pretty well for itself, especially with no no hype, no no real promotional marketing behind it, you know, and everything else. So um, I'm all about it, you know, getting out there, getting a little exposure, making a little money. It all helps for uh, moving forward and uh, for Terrifier Three. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But other than that, um, you know, horror wise, you know, Dave and I both uh, on Saturday uh, we we started the workings of a uh, playing a tabletop game for the video game Fallout. Um, I would say Fallout, while it's not strictly a horror game, um, it does have some horror roots. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm just mentioning it because, you know, it it has its, has its moments. Um, for those of us that played Fallout New Vegas back in the old, olden days, there were some pretty scary parts in there. There are some pretty inherently terrifying things about the concept of Fallout. So, um, I wanted to mention that, but yeah, we're in the workings of doing that. We created our characters on Saturday, which for anybody who's ever played a D&D game knows that that's like the that takes so long. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. Um, outside of that, um, 
I'm trying to think here. Uh, I started watching a show um, with my wife uh, on Hulu called 112263. Um, it has James Franco in it, but it's actually about a teacher who has a chance to travel back in time to avert the death of John F. Kennedy. Um, mm-hmm. And basically it's uh, talking about everything about that. And the reason I bring it up is because I would probably put this in the thriller category um, or suspense slash, uh, you know, criminal dra- drama type thing. So it's kind of an interesting uh, theory and concept, and it was really good. Um, it's just a short series, eight episodes, but we've watched and finished that over the last week and a half or so. Um, and lastly, I actually watched, uh, it's not a horror movie, but I watched Barbie last night. Uh, we went to a the theater and watched it. And um, while it's not horror, I, I got to give it some props. It was a really good movie. Um, you know, it, it, honestly, it's a very, it was a very surprising movie. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be, um, but it had a very existential dread kind of feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also it had a few sad moments. So that was pretty, pretty cool. I, I greatly enjoyed it. So if you're a horror fan, uh, maybe go check that out too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I we're, we're planning to go see Barbie this weekend. I'm actually very excited for it. I've been excited for it ever since I talked about it. I don't know why. I, I I don't know if it's just that nostalgic feel, even though I didn't necessarily per se, you know, play with Barbies or have Barbies. Uh, uh, but my my sister did, you know, so it was always around, and there was always it was still in pop culture, right? There was cereal, there was all that stuff, um, and uh, so I, I'm looking forward to it as well. And uh, it had a monster weekend unreal oh yeah it was like 160 million i mean it was unreal everybody was expecting an oppenheimer had a huge weekend as well but it still wasn't close barbie blew it away and it's a but but you know barbie has a, a little more uh across the, the the demos appeal it hits a lot of different yeah. stuff it hits the nostalgia it hits kids it hits it, there's a lot of different things in there that it's hitting so yeah we're going to see it no yeah now, and i'm looking forward to it um, yeah, we'll see, uh, I watched uh, I, I watched lots of 80s stuff still. I'm still on my watch through the In Search of Darkness. <laughs> but one thing that I, I, I did watch aside from that, that I highly recommend everybody watch. And I just happened upon this. I have, I've heard of this. Uh, we may have even mentioned this. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure we've at least uh, shared some of it on social media, I believe. But um, on Screenbox, there, you can now watch uh, the, the documentary called uh, Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. It's for 2019, and it's a look at Mark Patton from Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. He's the lead guy in that. And it talks about um, his his, li- his career, his life, um, as, a, as a homosexual man, as a homosexual actor, and what it was like uh, walking that road through the 80s, particularly, and then what that meant to be in the lead role of a movie who which has been defined – as you know, a very, a very gay movie, quote unquote, and um, and there's there's lots of this because shortly after this he disappeared, he moved to Mexico, yeah. checked out, and um, really just just disassociated from not only acting in Hollywood but just just everything, just just life just really stepped back, and it and it really keys in on uh, around 2015. When he came back and, and traveled back and did lots of convention appearances for the 30th anniversary of the film uh, and, and started to accept what the movie was and what the movie me- means to a lot of people and um, in his place in it. And he also got to confront a lot 
of people in, in situations that, that were difficult for him personally, including right. the writer of the movie, which had been a long been a uh, a hurdle in his life. And they, and they actually get to they have a sit down in it. Um, anyway, it's a it's an excellent documentary. It is very, very good. Um, and while Nightmare 2 is one of my least favorite of the nightmares, it does give me a, a different type of appreciation for the movie uh, because of Mark Patton. And um, and he and, and, and the things he's been through and he's he, he's he seems like, I mean, a, a really great guy for everything he's gone through, everything he's experienced. I'm not going to give it away. There's there's a lot to it, not just the Hollywood. There's there's a lot to his life, uh, from his childhood, from just just a lot. I, I highly suggest everybody see it. It's on Screenbox. It's a great watch. Uh, I, I can't recommend it enough. Um, again, even if Nightmare Two is not not one that you particularly like, doesn't matter. Does not matter. That it's it's not like they they go scene by scene in the making of that movie. That's not what this is about. This is right. about Mark Patton. This is about the situation. Uh, and it is a it's an outstanding documentary. Uh, so I, I did want to talk about that and, and bring that up. I, again, I highly recommend everybody see it. It's, it is a great documentary. Uh, but otherwise, that's that's a pretty much all I've seen outside of uh, some of the 80s stuff. Again, there's there's been some winners and losers there, but I'm plugging along uh, <laughs> today. Not long before we recorded, I watched Alligator from 1980. And ooh, that's a fun one. Um, not bad, but uh, it, uh, it it's something. It is literally <laughs> literally plays with a baby alligator that gets flushed into this down the toilet and uh, it eats some rats who have been tested upon with a growth hormone. So it makes it the alligator grow uh, uncharacteristically large and violent. And it's it, yeah, it's a whole thing. But it's something else. So anyway, that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been watching. So outside of my constant watching a Supernatural and The Simpsons, uh, those are those are always <laughs> in there. So that's that. So uh, let's get on to our weekly game. Stump the co-host. And this week we are back to playing Stump the co-host. Now, for those of you who do not know, this is our uh, Listen to the Screams trivia game. Ike and I have identical horror trivia decks of cards. Uh, we have shuffled them. We've just placed them. We have not gone through them. We random. We just picked two cards, which is four questions. There's two questions per card. We will alternate asking each other these questions, uh, and whoever gets the most right uh, wins the game for the week. And then at the end of the year, when we do our 2023 recap, we will crown a Listen to Their Screams trivia champ. And at this time, Ike is leading with a record of two wins, no losses, and one draw. So I really need to get a, a win here before I get too far into the hole. So, Ike, do you have your cards and are you ready to play? I have my cards and I am ready to play. All right. Well, since you're in the lead, you're going to go first. We're going to we're going to toss the heat onto you first. Your first question is complete this quote. Quote, I ate his liver with some. Uh, fava beans. And you have to keep going. Crap. As I know it's Silence of the Lambs. I know it's Hannibal Lecter. Um, I hate his liver with fava beans. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. So I think it's a sauce, maybe. <laughs> fava beans and a nice Chianti, which I think is the drink. Ah, so. I think you're right. All right. 
So there you go. Here I go. Now I got the chance now. You've missed your first one. So balls in my court to really take this one home. So go ahead. I give me my first question. Uh, I think I think this one's going to be a little difficult. You ready? Sure. What is the name of the serial killer in the 2004 movie Saw? <laughs> uh, well, I'm hoping that it is Jigsaw. Yep. It says John Kramer or Jigsaw. Oh, OK. Well, I didn't know that it one of the real names. <laughs> All right. There we go. Woo-y! Now playing on defense. I'm not good. To, I'm, I'm not used to playing on defense. I'm used to playing by behind from behind. But that's never worked for me. So we'll see how this works. <laughs> your six your second question what are the names of the two priests that performed the exorcism on regan in the exorcist oh you're not you probably won't get this one so i, I just recently watched the exorcist yeah me I too just I, recently I, watched me too and i still wouldn't have remembered their names I, uh, give me just a second i'm trying to think i'm trying to think of their first names because i feel like i know their first names I, well, it doesn't have their first names on here. It just has oh, is it father, the father, father, and father. Fault. Yes. So that's all I know. Well, uh, I think one of them's Mar Marin. Okay, that is one. Father Marin is one. Yes. Because I, I there's a scene. Yeah, sorry. Don't don't mind my noises. So there because there's a scene. And it's the scene where the old, because it's a young and an old priest. The old priest is talking to the young priest, um, and I and I'm trying to remember what he calls the young priest. Because there's also other priests in the movie too that go by their names. So it's like I, I could I could have the wrong name of one of the priests because there's like about a dozen of them. Okay, I'm going to say. And this may not even be the right person. I don't even know. Is it Karis? Father Karis? <laughs> yes, it is Father Karis. Father Marin no and shit. Father Karis. Oh, boy. There we go. So we're tied one apiece now. Uh-oh. So ju- ju- just, for, just for point, so just for the point of reference here, I think it's actually Dave's fault that I, that I got that right because yeah. – he sent me the Exorcist trailer, the new one, which we're going to talk about later. And that made me want to watch the original one, which I watched today. So uh, yeah. that's on you, Dave. <laughs> uh, that's the story of my life. <laughs> uh, I think you'll get this next question. I, I, I feel pretty confident. We'll see. All right. At the end of the slasher film crossover, Freddy versus Jason, which horror icon walks away holding the other's severed head? That's uh, Jason Voorhees. You got that right. All right. <laughs> I'm on the roll. We'll see how that continues. I'm only halfway there. All right. Your third question. Uh, set in 1630s New England, what 2015 movie involves an English farmer and his family who relocates to a forest which lurks in unknown evil? Oh, Interesting. Flag, flag on the play. Um, I have asked you this question, so. Yes, you have. That's okay. We knew it was going to come up. Yep. So I don't know. Do you want to skip questions that we've asked no, each no. other? Okay. No, no. Just go ahead. It, it is what um, it is. It's going to come up. We can't. Uh, we can't. We can't worry about that. It's going to happen. So go ahead. Fair. It is the witch. It is the witch. Yes. So we're tied at two apiece. 
and I guarantee you, you're going to get your fourth question. So I've got to get at least one of my last two. I, I think you will. Okay. So the first question, or the third third question, first on the card. This 2010 movie involved unwilling participants in a Nazi doctor's sadistic experiments. <laughs> Nazi and we, doctors. We we what actually have talked about this movie. I was gonna say I'll give you a hint because I don't think you've seen this movie, or maybe you have, but we have talked about this movie. Um, we were talking about disturbing movies when we talked about it. Um, that didn't really help me. Um. <laughs> Hmm. 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 I'm going to say uh, I'm just shooting in the dark here because I really don't have any idea. I'm going to say uh, I don't know. Green Inferno. Just nope. in the dark. I don't. I've seen Green Inferno. Human centipede. <laughs> oh yeah. Heck yeah. Why did I not know that? Damn. Now I got to get the last question because I know you're going to get this one. Leatherface was a character in what horror film? I I almost said the wrong thing. I'm not even gonna joke with you. I almost said the wrong thing. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That is correct. Okay, so you're now in the lead, three to two. So I have to s- try to salvage a tie here. I'm pretty sure you can get this one because we just talked about this movie not too long ago. At least it, did, it feels like it wasn't too long ago. All right. So this is a quote. So you need to name the movie. One thing about living in Santa Carla. I never could stomach all the damn vampires. Well, I, I mean, is this the Lost Boys? It sure is. Woohoo! I'm celebrating a, a a draw, but it is a whatever. Better than a loss. So there you have it, another draw in the books. So at least I didn't lose. <laughs> I, you know, it was that was a close one. I, I gotta, I gotta admit, I was very unsure about the uh, Exorcist question. I, I would have never got the uh, Hannibal Lecter quote because I knew the fava beans part, but I never would have gotten the rest of it because I, I not, I still haven't seen that movie. I guess I oh. need to start watching movies you tell me to watch because apparently they're gonna appear on cards. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so I that that was a good one. That was a good round. I, I, that was a well fought round. <laughs> it was. It was a little suspense in that one. So. Uh, fair enough. Whew. All right, let's take a break, and uh, you know, we will uh, refresh our deodorant, and then we will be back with news, birthdays, anniversaries, and upcoming releases. So hang in there. Make sure you subscribe to listen to their screams on your favorite podcast platform. Also, make sure you look us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, TikTok, and Slasher. All you have to do is look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two in Screams, and you can find us there. Also, make sure you go and buy yourself a Listen to Their Screams t-shirt. You can find all of our shirts at tinyurl.com Screams Shirts. And we're back with the news. Spread the news. All right. We have some very cool stuff coming up here first. Um, and actually, right right on the top of our list is the first trailer for The Exorcist Believer was released. Um, this actually came out a few days ago prior to filming or prior to this uh, release, I should say. Um, and honestly, this trailer looks spectacular. 
They've announced that this is going to be part of a trilogy. The second of which of these movies is going to be The Exorcist Deceiver, which will be the second movie in the trilogy and has been given a release date of April 18th, 2025. Um, you can kind of see the uh, the trend here. Believer, Deceiver. I'm not sure what the third one's going to be. Uh, I am, I'm but... going on record. <laughs> the third movie will be Redeemer. I, I think that would probably be appropriate. I think that... I don't know if um, – I can't remember the, uh, the woman's name that plays her, but I wonder if they're going to bring back uh, the, the individual that plays Reagan or if they've ever had any plans for that. Linda Blair? She. Uh, yeah, Linda Blair. Yeah, I, I, I know she was at least around – has been around uh, in an advisory role, and they did show a picture of her uh, in one of the scenes. There was a picture – like a picture in the in the thing, which, by the way, yeah. that picture in there is not from The Exorcist. <laughs> it is from another <laughs> Linda Blair movie. Uh, but anyway, so be it. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if she'll actually have a part in it or not, but, uh, I, I do know that she at least has some form of an advisory type situation. They, they went to her. So I, I, I don't know if she was ever on set. I don't know. There's been no talk about what that means. Uh, but she has had a finger in the pie, so to speak. So hopefully it means we will see her on screen at least somewhere in the trilogy. Yeah. I feel confident we will. I feel confident we will. Uh, but no, Exorcist the Believer, uh, speaking solely on the trailer, though, it looks immaculate. Honestly, watching that trailer, it gave me a similar feeling to when I first watched the Evil Dead trailer. Um, so I, I'm I'm incredibly stoked for the movie. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it looks really, really good. So I, I hope. I hope it does. I hope it is. You know, I hope it's not one of those trailers where this is, you know, they've been creative in the in the edit and the cut to make it look appealing more appealing than it is i I, i'm confident but it just it looks fun it looks exciting it looks uh it looks creepy tense dramatic all those things Um, it truly looks like you know a modern uh you know a modern chapter in the exorcist uh, you know that uh, continuing on in that story with the uh the the advantages of, of the modern day filmmaking so um I'm excited. I mean, I, I was excited anyway, but the, yeah, the the trailer has gotten me even more excited. Absolutely. And we talked about it briefly, but uh, Terrifier had a limited theatrical release and did $292,905 for the weekend. Um, good for 20th place. Um, we kind of talked about it a little bit. I, I mean, at least in our individual experiences, the theaters were not packed. Um, there were... I, 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 you know, I think Dave actually invited me to a, a fan group for uh, Art the Clown. I think it's Art like Art the Clown Appreciation or something like that. Yeah, appreciation. And, uh, yeah. but you know, a lot of them were posting that they also, a lot of the folks in that uh, group, they went to screenings and whatnot, and their screenings actually looked a little more full. Um, but in any case, it, you know, it's fantastic that they put the Terrifier movie back in theaters. It got some more exposure, either from you know reoccurring people who've seen the movie already, or from people who've never seen the movie. Um, in any case, I'm glad I'm glad it happened. Um, you know, regardless of uh, how packed the theater was. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, it was fun. It was a good time. Um, again, there was there was a few people in Mars, but not not a lot. But it was a Wednesday night, uh, so you know, I mean, you know, take that for what it is. There, you know, we that and that was the but they only did Wednesday night showings in this town. So it, it didn't have a big run. There was not a lot of screens. There was not a lot of showings. Uh, but I'm assuming, you know, in bigger cities, bigger, bigger markets, it's done. It has done well. And um, but it doesn't matter. I don't I don't care. You know, I mean, I'm glad it did has done fairly well. 
I mean, with no marketing, really no, you know, nothing behind it, you know, it, it did all right. Um, I was just glad for the opportunity to go see it. And, uh, and, and Monica went with me and I, I, I kept stressing to her going in, you're not going to like this movie. I, I, I'm just, and she's like, oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. She actually surprisingly liked the movie more than she thought. Uh, she was, she's not a big fan of the, of, of a lot of gore. So like the hacksaw scene was not really her cup of tea, things like that. <laughs> but overall, um, she really, she liked the movie and she really liked David Howard Thornton, uh, his portrayal of, uh, of art. And, um, and, and she liked the character of art and how the, the mannerisms and the facials and, and the, the, the silence and, and, and all those aspects that go into uh, making him as creepy as he is. So it was, it was, I was pleasantly surprised that she, she actually uh, enjoyed it more than we suspected. And, uh, and I, I very much then liked the, some of the, the post movie post credit stuff, uh, where you, you yeah. know, they were showing people's tattoos and, and cosplays and art and, uh, and, and different things like that. And, and I, it, uh, it was also I really liked how they showed that kind of the it was just a brief thing, but the history of art where they went all the way back you know, to All Hallows Eve and and all these things. Uh, it just these these little clips showing that you know uh, that he's you know he's been around for a, a bit and uh, you know he's developed into this. So uh, it was pretty cool. It, it, but it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun. It was really really great seeing it uh, on a theater screen. Yeah, absolutely, and I agree. the The post credit stuff was cool. And and it's weird because you know sorry you you, you mentioned David Howard Thornton and you mentioned the other stuff too because like uh, for people who don't maybe don't know um, Art the Clown originally appeared in a short film called The Ninth Circle um, and and then he actually got The Terrifier was another short film and then both of those got compiled into a anthology film called All Hallows Eve yes which was um, not David Howard Thornton he did not play which him was not yeah in those yeah. so. Which is unfortunate because David Hunter Thornton is um, no offense to the guy in All Hallows Eve because I still like All Hallows Eve, but yeah. he, it, our, David Howard Thornton is sublime and e- e- eons better than whomever they had to play him in the original film. Yeah. I no agree. offense, but you know, just preference. <laughs> uh, but absolutely, though, if you, uh, I've actually seen a couple places that still have it um, out and about, so you might be able to still see it. Not really sure, just kind of depends on the theater. Um, but if not, uh, I heard it's actually uh, coming to Netflix soon, Terrifier is. So um, cool. people who have a Netflix subscription, um, and I believe that you can watch it on Tubi for free. So if you haven't already, go watch it. You'll like it. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Moving on, uh, Nika Toys. This is an announcement just for Dave, of course. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they have their upcoming Toonie Terror Series 9, which will feature the Tar Man from Return of the Living Dead. I love Return of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Vincent Price. I mean, who doesn't like Vincent Price? The Fiend from the Misfits Band, uh, the mascot for the Misfits Band specifically. And, of course, Megan. Um, that's quite the lineup. Um, I love Return of the Living Dead. In fact, I hear that they're remaking it. Um, I, obviously Vincent Price is ageless and classic. Um, I'm not sure I'm familiar with the fiend, but of course I like Megan as well. So uh, that's a good, that's a good lineup. <laughs> yeah. The Megan one looks really cool. Um, and if, if anybody wants to see pictures, we did share pictures on our social media. Um, if you saw the fiend, you would know because the, the face of the fiend is what's on the misfits. A lot of their albums, their shirts, you'll, you'll know, even if you're not familiar with the misfits, I almost everybody has seen a misfit shirt out there. It's, and it's, it's very recognizable. So uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, oh, you know, yeah. they, they continue to, uh, 
they continue to, to, to really get lots of lots of cool characters. And I, I just like the concept. I like how they do them um, and the looks of these. They're, they're a lot of fun. Uh, I'm, I'm again, I, I love Vincent Price. I'm excited about that. But I, I'm I'm super excited about that. Megan, it looks really, really cool. And she she's perfect for this line. Sorry, I just looked it up real quick, and I and I do in fact recognize the fiend. Um, I, I was definitely uh, yeah, that, that's like the guy that's like on all their covers and stuff like that. So cool, <laughs> I know who it is. Very awesome, but uh, yeah, absolutely. A uh, quick reminder: uh, follow us on social media if you haven't already, because uh, like Dave just said, we share a lot of this stuff on there. So um, if you want to be kept up to date on some of this stuff, uh, follow us. Uh, anyways. Upcoming birthdays, we have some very awesome birthdays. We have August 2nd, 1939, Wes Craven, the horror master, one of the horror masters. Um, you know him from such great films such as Scream, More Scream, and even More Scream. Um, honestly, it's probably one of his best works, in my opinion. Uh, he has all kinds Street. of other, Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, probably his best work. Um, but you know, that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many, how many guys can say they, they launched two such iconic movie franchises. That's, that's pretty remarkable. Truth. Truly it is. Truly it is. And then of course, August 2nd, 1953, we have another horror icon, one of Dave's favorites, Butch Patrick, who plays Eddie Munster. Um, obviously the monsters are, uh, we've had, we've had a whole episode about the monsters. So, you know, Feel free to check that out. But, you know, the Munsters, classic Munsters, Eddie Munster, Butch Patrick. Very cool. I've actually seen him in person, too. He came to a uh, he came to Pensacola for a horror convention last yeah. year. So. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, he does a lot of appearances. Yeah, he's very much out there and active. So. That's awesome. And then last but certainly not least, August 2nd, 1970. Uh, Kevin Smith, you know, Kevin Smith, he's mostly known for some of his more surreal comedies like clerks one two and three mall rats dogma uh but he's also made a handful of you know horror slash borderline horror like red state um or tusk. uh tusk yeah i was like having a hard time remembering uh, you know yoga hosiers was another one that he was involved in which is kind of comedy horror more than anything uh but kevin smith he's a fantastic creator he's he does a lot of great stuff so you know just got to give him, got to give him props. Yeah. I, I mean, again, he has, he has done some horror, but I, I put him, I just, I love Kevin Smith, right? I love his movies. So I thought, eh, he's, he's a big enough name. I know there's, you know, some people love him. Some people hate him. Some people are indifferent, but uh, I'm a Kevin Smith fan. I very much enjoy his movies. So I threw him in here. And like I said, he, he's done a couple of horror or movies. So it's, it's enough to, to, to get him on the roster. Yes, absolutely. All right. And then we have a couple of upcoming movie anniversaries, uh, more than a couple. Uh, we have July 27, 1979, the Amityville Horror, a classic in the uh, possession slash haunted house genre. Um, I love the Amityville Horror. I even like the remake with Ryan Reynolds. I mean, he's shirtless in it, so I can't you can't go wrong with shirtless Ryan Reynolds. Um, Dave, your your thoughts about Amityville Horror? Yeah, I, love, I mean, I love it. I love the Amityville Horror. I've always loved it, and it's I mean, it's definitely an iconic horror film. Yeah, absolutely. That that the face of the house, iconic. I could see it from anywhere. And then of course, July twenty eighth, nineteen eighty nine, arguably one of the best Friday Thirteen movies was released. Uh, part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan. Um, come on, man. I, Jason Takes Manhattan. It's the cheesiest, the goofiest, and just 
overall most outlandish of the Friday the 13th movies outside of Jason X, but I don't talk about Jason X. Um, I love it. 100% love it. Uh, me too. One of my favorites. Uh, absolutely hands down one of my favorites. Uh, just it is everything I like in a horror movie. So fun, so cheesy, so entertaining, so 80s. Uh, it, it is. It's one of my comfort comfort horror movies. Absolutely. And we just talked about this, but July 31st, 1987, The Lost Boys. The Lost Boys is a, um, I would say it's a gem in horror. Uh, Lost Boys definitely, it breaks new ground with the concept of vampires, um, brings it into the new age, you know, has a lot of fantastic people in it. Corey Haim. Um, Kiefer Sutherland. Keith, yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> Corey yeah, Feldman. I mean, Corey Feldman, yeah. I was trying to remember. Yeah, I mean, there's so many people in it. It is... Uh, vampires are very secular, right? There's, uh, it yeah. seems like every so often something comes out that, uh, that kind of brings it to a different era and brings it to a, a more current level, right? A more current hipness. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, even for its time, Dracula was very uh, beautiful, very hip, very elegant for that time. The lost boys definitely did that. You know, the hammer stuff in the seventies very much did that. Well, I'm not a huge fan. Even the twilight movies, right. Brought vampires into that current, current feel. There's always, you know, vampire movies that do that. And uh, and in the 80s, the Lost Boys did it. Uh, but in the process to be, I mean, it's just a timeless film. It is so good. Yes, absolutely. And then, of course, uh, we have another, in my opinion, very underrated horror film from the 2000s. Uh, July 31st, 2009, The Collector. Um, you know, I, I've seen both The Collector and The Collection and frankly, in my opinion, they're probably two of the best, uh, you know, movies in terms of a original and a sequel to be produced, you know, one right after the other. Um, very good films. If you've not seen them, I highly recommend them. Um, honestly, the collector is hard to find streaming. The the collection yeah. is uh, it's streaming quite a few places, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they're 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 very un, uh, underappreciated movies. They're actually really really good. Uh, but they don't get they don't get talked about much, and I don't know if it is that that it's kind of hard to find, uh, hard to 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 scroll through and watch. Uh, but yeah, I like them. I like them a lot. Absolutely. And then uh, two more for us. Uh, we have August first, nineteen eighty six, Friday Thirteenth, Part Six. Jason lives. Um, I'm trying to remember which one Jason lives. Is this the one where uh, he bring he's brought back to the bed from being uh, brought back from the dead from being electrocuted? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's what the the older Tommy uh, that yep. that you know, is, gets arrested and uh, put in the, the the sale and the the sheriff's daughter or whatever helps helps him get out and stuff like that. Yeah, but where they they attempt at the beginning, Tommy attempts to finish off Jason once for once and all once for all whatever uh, it it backfires and what they stab him with becomes a lightning rod, which <laughs> revitalizes. So yeah, this is the one with with uh, zombie Jason. Yep, I, I love I do love Zombie Jason. Uh, obviously, Jason Loves is not my favorite Friday Thirteenth, but Zombie Jason's my favorite. My favorite zombie, <laughs> my favorite yeah. Jason. Yeah, it's still, it's, um, still, it's a fun movie. It is, absolutely. Um, and then lastly, but not least, uh, we have August second, nineteen eighty-five, Fright Night. So I've never actually personally seen Fright Night, but I've heard a lot of amazing stuff about it. Um, so this is also on my list of movies that I need to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's it is a uh, it is a fun movie. Uh, it, it is really, really good. It's I mean, it's an 80s 80s movie, but it's again, I, I mean, it's just it's fun. It's fun. Watch. Uh, it feels 80s. It's, it's got that that whole vibe to it. 
but yeah, yeah, you, you really need to, to watch Friday. Maybe you need to watch through the In Search of Darkness list so you can catch up on some of these old <laughs> 80s movies. Apparently. Um, but that does it for movie anniversaries. Uh, we do have some upcoming releases. Stall X has been announced as releasing one month earlier than the previously announced uh, date. It will now be released on September 29th in theaters. Um, I frankly think this is probably the best thing that they could have done. It was originally supposed to open the same weekend as Five Nights at Freddy's. And as much as I love Saw, uh, it would have been squashed by Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, uh, you know, originally I'm sure they penciled it in, you know, around Halloween, around that time of year. But, yeah, smart move. Um, and it's it's also awesome that, you know, a lot of times you see movies get pushed out further. But it's it's so, you know, it's it's cool that they change the date and they bring it in closer to you. So it's it makes it even more exciting. Right. They they kind of. They, they, they solve the issue of going head to head with that, you know, the guaranteed monster that's going to be out there. But then they also did it by bringing it in closer, which is kind of a win win for them. Right. It, it it gives it I don't know. It gives it just more. Oh, yeah. Well, you don't have to wait as long for it. So it it is. Uh, it's great. I can't wait to watch it. I believe this yeah. one they said was set during between two and three. I think is what I've heard what I'm hearing. So I'm curious. to see. Yeah. He goes to Mexico or something for treatment. And so I'm not sure. I'm not sure what 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 happens in this, but uh, I attend closer to time to rewatch the Saul movies to get a better vibe for which is which because I haven't watched them in a while, so it kind of blurs. Yeah, just real quick, it says set between the chapters are the events of Saul one and two. A sick and desperate John travels to Mexico for a reach, pardon me, risky and experimental medical procedure in hopes of a miracle for a cure for his cancer, only to discover the entire operation is a scam to defraud the most vulnerable. And armed with a newfound purpose, the serial killer returns to his work, turning the tables on the con artist and his signature visceral way through devious, deranged, and ingenious traps. Um, okay, so which that sounds one, two, amazing. Not two, three. <laughs> and it's like they're so they're making him uh, they're kind of making him the the hero of this a little bit. Sounds like interesting. See, you know that's that's the thing. It's actually something I, I hear online a lot. It's like, you know, is John Kramer truly a bad guy? And like, yeah. And, and like I'm not gonna argue the the moral uh, implications. Just simply speaking, from the yeah, some of these people were kind of assholes, but do they deserve to be tortured? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's just me. Um, I'm looking forward to it though. Oh, 100. I'm very excited. So we also have coming out this weekend. Um, we actually have two movies coming out this weekend. Uh, we have Talk to Me, which is a movie we're re- we're actually reviewing next week but we are also uh seeing another fantastic horror film or horror adjacent film we have the remake of haunted mansion um it is out this weekend in theaters um both of those are going to be great movies check them out um haunted mansion is going to be more fred kid friendly so if you've got young ones take them to that or fuck it take them to see terrifier i don't give a shit uh, <laughs> sure maybe cover their eyes during the saw scene but you know do whatever you want man and then lastly, or actually not lastly, there's two more. Good Lord. All right. Next weekend, August 4th, we have Meg 2, The Trench, uh, starring Jason Statham. Um, I will say I did like Meg 1, so I'll probably give this a, a, a watch once it's out on streaming, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, this is not a – it'll be fun enough, but this is not a theater movie for me. Agreed. 
Agreed. The first one wasn't a theater going movie for me. I, I watched it on streaming. I was like, eh. And then uh, finally, lastly, but not least, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's will be released October 27, 2023 in theaters. And it will have a same day uh, simul release on, I believe, Paramount or Peacock, one of the two. I think Paramount. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Somebody, somebody fact check me in the comments. Uh, but it's been given a rating of PG-13 for strong, violent content, bloody images, and language. Um, as a video game fan, I am incredibly excited for this movie. Um, this is something I, I've definitely been looking forward to for a very long time. You know, it has some of my favorite actors in it. You know, Matthew Lillard, Josh Hutcherson, both of them are fantastic, fantastic actors. So I'm extremely excited for this movie. So, and I know Dave's probably going to watch it too. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think we can. I mean, I think we'll review it. I think this sounds like something that we should review at that time. And uh, yeah, sounds fun. I mean, it says you know strong, violent content, bloody images, and language. Hey, those are three of my favorite things. That's so. right. <laughs> hey, that's right. Hey, that's that's the magic word right there. All right. Well, you guys have heard it here. You've heard all this news. This is some good shit. False in social media. I'll say it again. Selfless self promotion. That's what this game is about, guys. Follow us on social media. You won't regret it. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to pause. But when we come back, we're going to have our very own review of Natty Knox. Stick around. Listen to Their Screams is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screams at checkout. That is listen to number two and screams. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, and we are back on Listen to Their Screams, and it is time for our review. In this episode, we're reviewing Natty Knox, which had a limited theatrical release and a release on video on demand. It is described as a small-town babysitter and the kids she are watching struggle to survive a serial killer on Halloween Eve. It is written by Benjamin Olsen, directed by Dwight H. Little, starring Charlotte Fountain Jardim, Thomas Roby, uh, Noen Perez, Danielle Harris, Bill Mosley, and Robert England. Um, who Robert England didn't have a, a very big part in this, really, but uh, but it was a it was an integral part. But he he didn't last uh, very long. But uh, he's so good, he's so good in everything he does. Just he's so believable, no matter what he does. And um, I have to say, uh, I mean, the movie was okay. It uh, it got started for me, and uh, I was a little. I don't want to say confused, but I was I had a wonderment of how they were going to kind of pull it together. Uh, it started with the uh, the whole Natty Knox thing and her being burned alive in a building for being a witch. And they kept talking about a book. And I thought the book was a, like a, probably some kind of spell book or something. But it it turned out to be a ledger because she was also a, a prostitute. And uh, so it, it turned out to be a ledger of men she had slept with. We find out this all later from Robert England. And I kept watching, thinking, well, what? I don't. What does this got to do with any of this? I mean, there was this thing, whole legend, or local legend of Natty Knox, and all this and that. Um, but uh, I have to say, I mean, it was okay. Again, some of the acting I think was a little, a little off. It didn't feel quite believable uh, on, on some, on some other parts. Um, I, I, you know, I think it was pretty. Uh, again, we 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 mentioned the spoiler warning on this, and uh, we're getting ready to dive into that territory. Um, I, I think you, you get the vibe early on that the, the kid 
at the opening scene is probably the guy that's killing people later in the movie. Uh, they explain, you know, they, even though they try to swerve you by saying he was he was dead, you still pretty much knew or believed. Eh, he's probably this is probably him. And uh, he it did turn out to be him. And they explained, you know, how he kind of kind of faked his own death, assumed another identity, became a police officer and was still killing people. Uh, then was pursuing these kids because they they saw him kill another woman. And and, and, and again, early on, I was confused as to him watching the movies. I thought, what is that? What does this have to do with anything? And they did explain it. I, you know, I, I obviously kept the open mind. They did explain it that. His mom, who was Natty Knox, did, you know, some drive-in B-level horror movies, and that's what he was watching, things like that. He was obviously had some some issues where he thought the films were talking. I, there was, there was obviously, there was, ended up being the possession involved. <laughs> and so, so anyway, yeah. it was a little kind of all over the place. It really, I don't know, it was a little, little bit of a cluster here and there. Some of the acting was a little hokey. Uh, it was nice. To see Danielle Harris in something, she didn't have a huge role. She played the kid's mom. Uh, I thought the girl who played the babysitter did an outstanding job. I thought she was really good. Uh, the kids were okay. Uh, the one friend was a little annoying. Uh, Robert England, for his brief time, was was excellent. Uh, Bill Mosley did a great job as the killer. Um, you know, it was, I don't know. It was, it was okay. Wasn't anything spectacular. Didn't break any ground, but but it did feel like a nice little homage uh, to to some of that um, that uh, you know low level uh, quick to rush kind of 80s straight to video kind of horror type stuff. That's what it felt like. It even had kind of that appearance there at the beginning and stuff. So, uh, but it was it was okay. It was it was not a bad little watch. Nothing like I said. Nothing groundbreaking though. Uh, Ike, what do you think of it? You know, um, I mean, you you pretty much said it. Nothing groundbreaking. Um, I don't want to say go as far as say that I dislike the movie, but I probably won't be watching Natty Knox again. Um, like you said, it, it, it was one of those movies where you, you kind of have to watch it for what it is. It's a project uh, of people who want to basically put themselves out there and, you know, just have fun, I, I suppose. I think the big my biggest issue with this movie is the the writing was just all over the place um had they maybe chosen one or two of those horror tropes but it just felt like they're really trying to fit as much bullshit as they could into one movie uh, what i mean by that just to elaborate and, and dave kind of mentioned it already but like you start the movie off you have the prostitution gimmick you know what i mean you kind of pick up on that um She's burned alive, so you kind of have that witch gimmick. And then you already can kind of tell that, like, the kid's going to be scarred from this. So you already know that that kid's going to have some shit to do with some stuff later. And then you kind of get that slasher gimmick. You get the ghost haunting gimmick. You get the possession gimmick. And honestly, I felt like if they cut out a lot of the bullshit, if they, if they cut out all of the paranormal stuff, and I mean all of it, yeah, it would have been a much better movie. I, I completely agree. If there had not been, I don't know what that weird possession thing was at the end where Natty Knox was apparently was possessing him, the son, and then possessed the, the babysitter. That, that was really just stuck on there at the end. That was unnecessary. I didn't, it had nothing to do with anything. Some of the, the little weird witchy stuff at the beginning. Um, I'm okay with them 
wanting us to think that she was maybe she was a witch and they thought she was a witch. And later, the Robert England character referred to her as they thought she was a hippie witch kind of thing. I'm okay with you. That mistaken burned at the stake Salem thinking she was a witch, but she wasn't really a witch. I understand that. But the possession thing had nothing to do with the entire movie. It, I don't know. It. I, I was good with it just being psycholog- the psychologically scarred kid from seeing what they did to his mom becomes this guy. And and that's where it went. I was good with that. It didn't need any of that possession type stuff. That just didn't add anything to it. It was it just just was a distraction. It was it was hokey. Didn't didn't work. Yeah, absolutely. I think what you said, hokey, that's probably the best way to put it, because when you have these movies, you have to play to your strengths. And with B movies, one of your strengths is not a huge special effects budget. <laughs> and we we talked about this with the um, Cannibal Cabin. Had they not shown the baby at all, you know what I mean? We're still talking about the baby months later, okay? And we will probably continue to talk about the baby for years to come. So had you not included all this possession stuff, you didn't have to include any of the bullshit with the, you know spookiness or any of that you know special effects attempts because at the end you know you see the guy get shot a couple times and then you know he becomes unpossessed or whatever because he dies whatever and then you kind of lead this story to believe that another girl gets possessed or whatnot and that's fine but it it should have been either or It, it should have either been solely a possession movie or solely a slasher movie and I think by mixing the two, they're trying to create some weird, like, multi-blended genre that just, quite frankly, I don't think was going to work. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there were a lot of things that they did good. I think some of the casting was fantastic. Like you said, the babysitter was fantastic. Even the kids were great. You know, the, the kids were, you know, entertaining. You know, like you said, Daniel Harris is in it. You know, that's great. I'm great for good for her. Bill Mosley wasn't horrible in it. Um, you know, for what Robert England did, he was great. You know what I mean? It it was cool not seeing him as not the the murdering villain. You know what I mean? So it was great to see those faces and even some of the new new faces that we really haven't seen before per se. They did great. They did a great job. But I feel like the thing that really held this movie back was the fact that they really tried to shove so much shit in this movie. And it's like I get it. It's a B movie. You only have so much runtime. You you want to try and get all your concepts on paper. This might be the only time you might be able to do that. Who knows? Who knows the justification or the reason reasoning or rationale? And this is not to say that you should watch Natty Knox, but just go into it with managed expectations because, frankly, I went into it with a little bit of heightened expectations just because of the people who are in the movie. Yeah. And I think that that's part of the reason maybe why I was a little more disappointed. Um. I will be honest, my, my wife didn't like the movie. She told me, she's like, I would give that a, a one out of five because she watches the podcast, so she knows our scream rating. So she's like, I'd give that one scream out of five or maybe two screams. I can't remember what she said. And I was like, I wouldn't go that low, but I was like, it, it definitely was like, it was lower for me. But like I said, I think if, I, I just cannot get over like, who who said to themselves, let's throw possession, slasher, witches, this that and the other all in the same movie because it's just too much i mean yeah I, you would think that any filmmaker could probably tell you that that you, you you're you're working with too much too too many hands in the pot is not a good thing 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, again, I would have been fine with them teasing the witch thing that these people thought, whatever, that's fine, whatever. And then, you know, doing the, tr- the traumatic slasher thing through it. Uh, but I just, none of the possession stuff worked. They just kind of seemed like they kind of threw that in the end. And it seemed like it was mainly for the sake of trying to get the babysitter, you know, tripping there at the end, thinking she was something. And I don't, you know, I, I think you could have still pulled something very similar by just having her kind of having this odd look on her face of, well, what has the trauma, the trauma been done to her, right? It could be, it could be based on the trauma, right? The trauma of the mother caused this guy to do this, this babysitter is going through this. Well, will the trauma impact her? Will it have a, a negative effect on her and just kind of leave it hanging? I, I didn't think we needed this, the possession. It was just, it was too much. Um, I was, I was fine with them. What I th- was hoping that they were just going to dispel the Natty's Knox thing as just a folktale, a local folktale. And uh, they were just going to kind of pull that away of, well, here's the, the, the truth, right? There's that the, these, this woman was killed. She had a surviving kid who we think got killed in the, you know, this asylum thing. Um, I, I was pretty good with the fact that I felt like I was hoping that they were going to pill away that there was this folktale. Let's get to what the root of, of what, what started this, this lore and what that sometimes, you know, it, it's just as tragic and just as dark, uh, but just in a different way. Right. And then it's like, they didn't though. They, there was that, but then they like tried to loop it back around to, Oh, well, yeah, there's still some of the, ah, it was, it didn't work. It, the, the whole possession thing with, when he got killed and then she left the the son's body and was floating there, that, that didn't work. It was it was not needed. Didn't add anything to the movie. Um, it didn't give this suspenseful that suspenseful of an ending that it was necessary. And I don't know. Again, the movie was okay. It was not highly enjoyable for me. It's not a rewatch movie for me. I I am disappointed because of you know while the people in it did well. Um. Again, we, 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 we discussed this when we briefly discussed the strike last time. You can have some really good actors, but if they're not given the right material, it just doesn't work. And um, this was not the right material. It was uh, – it's it's just, uh, you know, they were they were dabbling their lines in too many different ponds, and they weren't catching anything. And um, they really should have just, you know, narrowed in. And it's, it's – there's this analogy, right, of, uh, in music where – if you're a musician, a, a long-term success, a lot of long-term successful musicians and, and successful albums, you're not all over the place, right? You you find your theme or your sound for that album, and and you stick to that, right? And it can differ across your career, and it can grow and evolve or whatever. But if you have an album that's all over the place with all these different styles, it doesn't work as an album, right? It it just feels weird and it feels uneasy and it, it doesn't flow and that's what this was there was like there was all these different styles and it didn't flow and and it's like you were trying to force puzzle pieces together that didn't fit and, and it didn't work it, it didn't work at all for me um and i and again i was very very disappointed because the people in it i i really i really was hoping for a lot expecting a lot i think out of it um i, I guess i was at least expecting to be more enjoyable than it was and uh, it was it was kind of kind of a letdown. I can see why this really didn't get a bigger release um, and everything. I, I, I kind of understand, you know, why uh, why it probably wouldn't. So 
it was just, it was a little, ooh, a little, uh, just a little, a little bit of a clusterfuck. It just too many, too many things trying to happen. And uh, I think they, they, they kind of lost the path a little bit by trying to put too much in. So, yeah, I, I, I one last thing I wanted to add is that even if they included all of this stuff in one movie, right, even if they wanted to throw all of this stuff at you at once, it didn't seem coherent. That was another thing is I can give credit where credit is due. You know, had they created a story, a, a even if it was a complex and somewhat trivial story, I can still give them credit for it if it made sense. And in this case, yeah. to me, it just didn't make sense. I agree. I agree. It was just I uh, I spent too much of the movie wondering what was going on <laughs> and why certain things were being dropped. And then when they tried to explain some of them, I was more than of the OK, what? Why? You know, why? Why is that there? That doesn't really add anything to, to, to the core here. I don't know. It was there was no uh, I'm OK with being being left wondering through the movie until you get some payoff and some explanation. But then when you get the explanation and you don't get that feeling of, ah, oh, OK, it was more of a, huh, all right, I, I guess. Um, but 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 why would we, you know, when the explanation just causes more questions, I, I don't think that's a good sign. But um, so uh, I can unless you got any more to say on it. Let's get to let's get into rating this thing. Um, right. So we're talking Natty Knox and uh, and I'm kind of leaning Kayla away here. I'm not going to give it a one. I don't think it's that bad. Uh, but for me, I just I, I think I'm going to have to give this thing a two screams out of five. Uh, like we've always said, a three is something that's, that's pretty enjoyable, kind of middle of the road. Uh, and I, I just don't think this was there for me. I, I think this missed a lot more than it hit. Uh, so I'm going to give this a two out of five. Yep. You know, like like you said, I, I don't think I'm going to go quite, you know, one out of five like, uh, you know, Kayla did. But I am going to say two out of five because. As much as I dislike giving twos, at the same time, it's like, did I hate the movie? No. But did I enjoy the movie? Not exactly. Can I appreciate the movie for certain things? Certainly. So, two out of five it is. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I can pick certain things out of it that were that were okay. Um, and that you know, but uh, but yeah, just as I, if I judge it overall as an entire piece of work, I just I, I don't think. Uh, those elements, those elements all fit together, right? So there you have it. A cumulative two out of five for Natty Knox. Uh, make sure you go out there, watch this for yourself. Tell us what you think. What would you give it out of five screams? Uh, let us know if you, you agree, disagree. If you think we were too harsh, if you think we were too easy. Uh, we, we'd like some feedback on what you think uh, the movie deserves. Uh, so we, we, we like the interaction. We like the discussions. Um, that's, that's what we say. We say this is, a podcast that feels like you're discussing, uh, talking with friends about horror movies. So now we're to that stage of, hey, let's let's talk. Let's discuss horror movies and get some feedback. So, uh, But a two out of five on Natty Knox for us here at Listen to Their Screams, which brings us towards the end of this episode. Next episode, as we mentioned earlier, we are going to be reviewing Talk to Me, which is in theaters July 28th, uh, the day after this is released. And I got my early indications. I've heard nothing but good stuff about this online. Yeah. I've heard this is a uh, kind of a kind of a sleeper that that people aren't aren't talking a lot about, but it's a uh, surprisingly good. And I'm I'm very excited to see it. Um, I've also heard a lot of talk. Have you heard about Cobweb? 
a movie out there called Cowboy, but there is no place around me showing it. No place even remotely uh, near. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that hitting video on demand to, to watch that. But anyway, uh, next episode, Talk to Me, which I'm excited to see. I've heard heard lots of good stuff about it. I'm, so I've got, again, I've got high expectations. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I'm ready. I'm ready for something to knock the socks off of me again and uh, and uh, make me make me tremble a little and give me some terror. Um, I, I, I still stand by Evil Dead Rise is setting the bar for the year for me. Uh, but we'll see how uh, how where Talk to Me comes in on that rating. So like, are you looking forward to talk to me? Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, funnily enough, uh, my wife, she was the one that originally showed me the trailer for talk to me. Um, it's an a 24 production. So obviously I'm going to support a 24. Um, I'm super excited for it. Uh, I have also heard of cobwebs, um, similar to, you, I don't think anywhere near me is showing it. Uh, but I've heard a lot of good stuff about cobwebs. So as soon as it comes out on streaming, I'll be for sure watching that. But yeah, talk, Talk to me is for sure going to be one of those movies because it actually came out last year, but it was an Australian film, I believe. So I, I think that is going to be a it's going to be a like you said, a, it's going to be a sleeper. You know what I mean? People are not going to expect this to be as good as it is. Um, it has just fantastic concept. So I'm super excited for it. And I'm going to be watching it probably on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope uh, I hope I again, I hope I hope it gets a following. I hope uh, yeah. the, the word of mouth uh, you know, gets out there quick and, and, and it starts spreading and it, it really – I would like to see it have a nice strong run. But even if it doesn't debut real strong, I, I would like that word of mouth for it to really kind of build and, and kind of maybe move up a little bit as, as it goes on. But uh, regardless, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it and looking forward to discussing it next episode. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform so that you don't miss any episode, including that one next week when we talk about Talk To Me. Uh, make sure you give us a rating and a review because that help us, helps us in those platform algorithms come up when people are well, listening to other horror uh, podcasts or looking for horror podcasts. That helps us come up with those searches, come up with those recommended uh, podcast you know, shows. Uh, so help us out there. Make sure you share the episodes when we put them out on social media. Uh, help us network and uh, spread our following. And you can also do that by uh, following us on social media. We're on all the platforms that were mentioned earlier. Uh, pretty much uh, on all of them, all you have to do is look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen the number two in Screams. Uh, if there's a social media platform, chances are we are on it. And chances are uh, we're posting regularly. We're posting all these anniversaries and birthdays. And and, and then some of the hot news when, when it hits, uh, some of the stuff we, we put in the show, uh, we're posting it online as it happens and then talking about it in the show later. Uh, because some of it, you know, like we, The Exorcist, uh, trailer uh, and some of these things uh, some of it's just too it's too it's just too impactful too important so we, we share it first online so you can get it breaking a lot of times by there so make sure you follow us on social media so i before we close this out and get out of here anything you want to add um trying to think of something oh uh random thing that happened i forgot to mention earlier i tried honeydew for the first time in years it was really good it's really sweet like a honeydew melon yeah, honeydew melon. I haven't had honeydew in probably um, probably like 10, 15 years. I feel like yeah, because um, like you know cantal- cantaloupe, you know watermelons, good melons, like but it. honeydew is pretty good too. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much I'm pretty much a fan of all the melons. I like the melons. Give me same. Uh, our, our 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 dogs are very big watermelon eaters. They they love watermelon, <laughs> and they they get that quite often as a treat. Um, uh, but they 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 do like the watermelon so. 
Uh, all right, there you go. There's your wisdom for the week. Honeydew's pretty good. That's that's Ike's wisdom of the week. Uh, Amen. <laughs> Honeydew's pretty good. Nanny knocks, eh, not so much. But uh, exactly. Maybe if they thrown some Honeydew in that movie, you would have been like, yeah, that's a gets going to get you another scream or two there, just for the Honeydew. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, so until next week, when again we will be reviewing Talk to Me, and we'll have all the news. And games and fun that you're used to. Wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe, and have many pleasant nightmares. <laughs>